0: What would you ask if you had just one question? Yes, 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 Yes. I know God is great and yes, 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 Yes God is good and yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you, everyone, again so much for tuning into an awesome, amazing podcast episode here at Brian's Place. Um, that was a part of Cheryl Pepsi Riley's song called What If God Was One of Us. And I really like that song because um, I always pray that in every area of life that I can be a reflection of the evidence of God on the earth. And I, you know, also pray that marriages all over would also be able to be a reflection of the evidence of God on the earth. And so speaking of marriages, um, we have an awesome, special, amazing Guest today, we today's guests. They've been on here uh, before, back on season four of the podcast. So I'm grateful to have them back. They are truly, truly a phenomenal blessing, leaving their impact and influence literally all across the nations. Um, today's guests have an awesome ministry, rich relationships, uh, um, where their mission is to empower individuals with tools, self-awareness, and strategies necessary to build and maintain strong, healthy, and thriving marriages. They also offer um, Rich Relationship Refuge online courses, as well as premarital counseling and identity counseling. They are a tremendous couple. They have a Rich Relationship podcast, where, and they help change your trajectory of lives for the better, for singles and couple alike. They've been married for about three decades, and most of all, their marriages truly reflects the heartbeat of God. And if I were to put a title on how they met, I would call it the power of the pencil.
2: <laughs>
1: Please welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having us, David. Definitely, definitely welcome. And thank you again for, uh, for coming on. Oh, absolutely!
3: Appreciate the invite. Great. It's uh,
1: as I mentioned. It's definitely a blessing to
3: have the visual aspect, whereas before it was just the audio. So right, yeah. right. Now, now, do we sound like we look? You know, some people always say you don't sound nothing like you look. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were taller. No, just based on your voice. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all good. But yeah, you
1: sound great. You look fabulous. You're, you know, doing your thing. So do you. Thank you. So the, um, as I mentioned, the power of the pencil, would you mind sharing um, how long you've been married and how you met?
3: You want to start it or you want me to start
1: it? You
2: start.
3: I- I'll start it. We've been, we've, uh, this December, it'll be 35 years that we've been um, married, uh, but we actually dated for three years before we even got married. So I guess you can say it's been 38 years that we've been together and in relationship with each other and it's funny with the, the way the pencil story goes we were in back in detroit that's where we we're originally from uh we were in like the summer youth work program you know where you go and work for the city and they give you some chores to do around the city most of it was like just knocking down weeds in a field or making a lot field, or something like that um but then the second half of the summer they would bring you into these classrooms and give you these classes on you know, empowering in business. I mean, I can't even remember the the, the the subject matter of the classes, but I remember we were in the class together and um, I was getting up to go... I don't know whether you it was... I walked into the
2: room.
3: I, I walked into the room and she actually uh, she pushed her pencil off the desk and I stopped and I picked it up for her and just handed it back to her, you know, just like you normally would just because it fell off her desk. And she said...
2: I was going to say hi to you, but
3: I wasn't sure if you would say hi back. And I said, I always say hi to young,
2: lovely Lovely ladies.
3: ladies.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's why. See, I I
3: always say, I thought I had game, but now, you know, I guess today's vernacular, they would say swag. I wouldn't call it that. It was just, (laughs) I was just responding. (laughs) And that basically started the relationship where we were 13 and 14, a pencil. A Pencil, right? There was a hidden agenda behind the pencil. I'd like to, uh-huh, yeah, I yeah. had an
2: agenda. I wanted to get his attention,
3: as they say, give me your number, give me your right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 35 years later, it definitely looks like it worked, so
2: yeah, it, it definitely did. Yep, it it definitely did. did. Yeah, it did.
1: that is great. So, um, would you mind sharing like what was it that made you want to help build strengthen um, various relationships? Oh.
2: For me, I would say my parents were not married, but I always, relationships have always been important to me. Even as a little girl, um, I always thought that relationships and families were important. And so because I didn't have the example of what marriage would look like, because like for me, I didn't want to get married, it was never on my mind. I didn't want to get married, I didn't want to have kids. I just wanted to be able to take care of myself. And um, actually, I was in love with food, I wanted to marry bologna and cheese and I wanted my own bathroom and my own house and my own car um, so marriage was not on my trajectory but when I met Gil it was something about him that seemed different and he just intrigued me and so I was like how do I get his attention so I just pushed my pencil of that
3: and for me um, I grew up in a divorce home you know, my parents got divorced when when I was I think it was about seven years old and mm-hmm. that impacted me to the point there where I knew what I did not want. You know, I knew if I wanted to and even from a young age, I knew I wanted to be married even before I was even dating. I just knew I wanted a wife, you know, even as a young kid. And I say kid because I was probably not even a teenager yet, you know, but I knew I wanted to be married and. And once we did actually started dating and things like that, and we actually got married, I remember I was um, we're a military family, so I was at a, at work on my job and just coming back from our honeymoon, which was just an overnight trip in our room and in the dorm and and and, and going, Chinese yeah,
2: some <laughs> real low budget
3: because I was I was so broke it wasn't even funny. <laughs> but but what we did was when I got back to work. My supervisor was saying, hey, he was married, you know, a few years. He was like, if you want to have a good marriage, all you need to do is work on your marriage. He just kept saying work on your marriage. And I said, "Okay, what does that mean? And he just looked at me and didn't give me nothing. You know, no advice, no books to read, no nothing. And that stuck with me because I had already been a product of divorce, but I also knew that there was something about being married that you have to work at right. and not even knowing anything. I just said, you know what, I'm going to figure this thing out because if I want to be married, I want to do it right.
0: right.
3: You know, so he gave us no advice. And that's something that over the years that we've just decided that what we do in our marriage, we're just going to share with others. And if they can glean something from it, great. If they have a great marriage, that's, that's a plus, but if they don't, Maybe they can hear something, whether it's through the podcast or the videos or something, or the books or, or the whatever. the people that we know. Or the people that we know that they can get something out of it and say, "Okay, we're going to try that," just so we can stem the tide of divorce and how it has wreaked havoc on our society for for years. You know, mm-hmm. so that was just our motivator, really,
2: yeah. really. To, to not be what we saw, but also because I think people teach you one of two things: what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. So I just knew I didn't want to be an example of what not to do. So I just felt like for me, I worked hard to be an example of what to do and to do what I enjoy. And I've always, he was always my best friend. And so I've always enjoyed our relationship.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. I like what you said. And I've noticed, especially in in the church, like, um, in addition to marriage, just like for a long time, it was... um, the issue with 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 sex, where you know you'd hear people say, "Don't have sex till you're married." Don't have sex till you're married. But not a lot of churches, you know, were able to give show a blueprint like, right. well, "Okay, you do have sex," but what does that what does that look like? So with marriages, you know, that's one thing I really like about you guys. You provide a blueprint on how you know
3: how may, uh, successful relationships look like and what it should look like. and, no, and that's something that we. Did intentionally because we said you know what there's a framework to marriage you know to everybody every person every relationship every marriage is unique in its own way but there are some fundamental principles and guidelines that everybody has to follow just like anything else if you want to have success so we just said you know what let's reverse engineer our relationship and just look deeper at the things that we do in practice and just share it with people you know so something that you may take for granted as, oh, it's just easy, you know, I just got it like that. Or you just don't give it a no brainer, you don't even think about it. That can be an epiphany for someone else that they're like, oh my God, I was looking for the answer. I was just, that's it, you know, and that's just what we have desired to do. And sometimes if you listen to episodes, we just, we're transparent, we we call it being hot. We try to honest, open and transparent to where by us exposing some of the things about our relationship, maybe you can get something out of it. Mm -hmm. I like that. And framework is important. You know, no matter how
1: awesome and fancy a building or a house may be, it all started with the framework, you know, that you build on it.
3: Absolutely. And
1: that's, uh, that's great. And so did you ever imagine that you would be impacting people all over the way you are now?
2: I have only had one prophecy. And the lady who prophesied to me, because I didn't believe in (laughs) prophecy, neither one of us grew up in church. Um, We got saved as adults. I was 23. 23. Yeah, we were both 23 when we got saved. And this lady came and she called, I said, well, Lord, if you want me to talk to me, you have to call me out. So I was standing in church um, and this lady, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, there's a lady who wants to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And she said, um, as I saw you standing there, I saw your life. Mm. She said, and your life would make someone go almost like a sigh." She said, but God has healed you and he's forgiven you. And most of the things weren't even your fault. She Mm. said, God is going to give you a ministry of hope, says the Lord. She said, you'll stand before millions of people and say, if God has done it for me, he'll do it for you. He's gonna have you to go in and drag out the people that everyone has forgotten about. And that's the only one prophecy I had, but for so many years that stand before millions of people paralyzed me because mm. I was always so insecure, so afraid to talk in front of people. So I feel like God had already kind of told us what was gonna happen. We didn't really know what that meant and we never pursued it. We just took steps towards serving God and serving people. And so I think that God always gives you insight as to the plan, but not the time and and all the details. So I think he kind of put the seed in our hearts that we were going to do something to really give hope to people. And so I think that that's something that is really necessary. And so I, to say yes and no, I didn't know totally, but I kind of, he kind of gave us like a hint, like there's more to your life than just you.
3: And for me, absolutely not you know but, and by naturally I'm, I'm more of an introvert really until we are talking about marriage or tech or something that i'm really interested in because god and god obviously and so therefore i didn't think this would even be we initially started the podcast out i came to it with renee for a reason i was like because she's always been in the eye of the media and things like that on television shows and stuff like that so i said you know what i got an idea let's do a podcast for you you know what you said
2: was you should do a podcast and I'll run it for you
3: yeah and so I'm I'm really into the tech you know the lighting and the cameras and the mics that kind of stuff and I said I'll run it all you gotta do is jump in front of the camera and do your thing you know and so because she's been on YouTube oh man for over eight years you know even before what it is now when it was still in its infancy really you know so I said you know what let's do the podcast but we had no idea About how to do any of this. You know, you go to that YouTube university and start it up, you know, it'll it'll show you some things. And we just spent a weekend, learned it, bought a couple little small things, not really breaking the bank because we didn't know if it was going to last or whatever.
0: Yeah.
3: We just started recording. And she said, I think we're supposed to do this together. I was (laughs) like, no. (laughs) So, but here we are, you know, 100 plus episodes later, we're still doing it. So, we love it. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. You know,
1: it's um, sometimes, you know, God may not show you like the end result, but he'll
3: give you one step at a time. And- Absolutely. No. You know, there's yeah. many, man, many plans of a man's heart. He has it. He has an orchestration of what he plans to do. But God orders your steps. Mm-hmm. And yeah. little do you know that it should be the other way around. Your steps has to line up with his plan, not the other way, not your plan lined up with his steps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I like that. And so um, to you, Gail, when I say the word or when you think about the word husband, Mm -hmm. um,
3: what comes to your mind? Wow. Um, I would say initially. Multiple roles,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: because as a husband, you know, the easy answer would be provider caregiver. Those are the things that we naturally just fall into. I think as men, we naturally have the DNA blueprint of providing and protection and those types of things that, that comes natural just as a man. But what I did not know as growing up as a, a young man and a young married man, really, that there were going to be multiple things that I had to do as a husband that I was totally oblivious to and didn't even know it came in the job description, so to speak. You know, I I thought about it from, you're supposed, you're the leader of that, not only yourself, but your household. And if you're only a, a household of one, you have to be leading your wife down the path, not in a subservient role, like a servant, but a leader as Christ led the church. You know, the things that he did, he protected, he took care of, he nurtured and comforted, all those things that's what I'm supposed to do as a representation of him. So you think about that, that's one as a husband, as a leader, as a servant, as a role model. So you have multifaceted things of being a husband. And I think for so many years that I had neglected or didn't even know I was totally ignorant to some of the things that I was supposed to do as a husband. You know, and that's what this is kind of all about where you're gonna always be on a journey of discovering and learning even as being a husband. So I would say it's multifaceted and also multi-roles that you're going to play before you walk down that aisle and exchange those rings that you need to be aware of that is going to be required. Wow, that's that's true. And it's almost
1: like, um, like a rubber band, you know, how a rubber band was created, a stretch, a rubber band, when you think about it, it helps hold what would normally seem out of place or messy it it binds it it bands it together you know
3: and so when i think of it i think like a uh, like a rubber ring right right you know and even from the husband aspect one i would say probably one of the most significant things that i did not realize was the emotional requirement that was going to be involved that that is something that i had no clue that was going to be required for me to be emotionally stable and things like that as it relates to marriage
0: hmm.
3: wow that's true and so to
1: to Renee um, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing so that means she must have the mindset of a wife before she's found um, otherwise he'll be looking for something but if she's not acting like what he's looking for then she'll possibly get uh, passed by what are your thoughts on that
2: well, I think what's really funny is I can remember being probably eighteen, and I remember standing at the bus in Detroit, and this guy was like, "Are you married?" I was like, "Am I married?" He's, "You just seem like a wife." Mm, wow! i like, now we weren't even saved. We didn't grow up in church, but it's funny how God will sneak things into your life. God will use other people to confirm what he's already told you. And so that made me start Well, what is a wife? What does it mean to be a wife? Well, What does he mean? What is he talking about? I look like a wife. And so I totally agree. I was a wife when he found me. And Mm -hmm. I think that what most women don't understand is that they have the mindset of a girlfriend, but they want the responsibility and the role of a wife. And to differentiate it is that a wife, wants to build and save and invest. A girlfriend wants to spend and splurge and be impulsive. And so to me, I think that I was, I had the mindset of a wife at a very early age Mm -hmm. because of the things that I saw. And it made me say, I don't want to be like that. So I think that a wife is someone who is sure of who they are and they realize that their role is to be a support And to add um, more than just your body and your look is to add value and direction and guidance and support. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, I think that those are all things that I think that we're missing in this generation. Because most guys are marrying a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and then they're mad that she's not a wife.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's a real good point. And it's like, you know, a girlfriend just wants to spend the night but a wife wants to share her life and yes. uh, you know wife is it's almost like an airplane you know not all planes can fly at the same altitude a single engine jet can't fly at the same altitude as a big 747 and so you know a wife that's on a whole nother level than simply being a uh, being a
3: girlfriend yes,
2: absolutely very much so and that's why i think it's important for and that's what's important to me is as an older woman to teach the younger women how to be good wives how to be good mm-hmm. mothers and it's by not just telling it, it's by showing them how to do it you know and it's not just cooking and cleaning and sewing and because those things things you should know how to do but it's not just that it's knowing how to follow it's knowing how to get because to me as a woman there is liberty in being feminine there's liberty in me not having the responsibility of everything I can support and encourage Bill and be there for him And not feel the responsibility of all of that, but still take on some of the weight of it to lighten his load. Mm
1: -hmm. That's good. That's good. And I feel like a husband and wife are supposed to compliment uh, one another. Like, you know, when we're driving, we have blind spots. So Mm -hmm. we should be able to look out for one another's blind spots. Be like, watch out for this. You know, yes, Yes. absolutely. And,
2: And you have to be willing to let the person be your support in your eyes you have to be open and that requires um humility and it requires um respect for that person and it also requires the lord in your life because someone telling you something you don't want to hear doesn't always go over very well
0: yeah
1: uh constructive criticism knowing that it's coming from a good place you know yeah yeah That's important. So you once stated that um, marriage has a branding problem. Can you uh, share what you meant by that?
2: Well, I think that people have an idea that marriage is what they see on these quick platforms, that it's a romantic balcony, that it's a vacation, that it's a wedding, that it's having a baby that is driving a certain kind of car we put all that out there so people think oh wow marriage is wonderful and marriage is all of those things but that's not all of that that's not all that marriage is marriage is selflessness marriage is sacrifice marriage is long suffering marriage is waiting marriage is submission marriage is um trusting that the other person has your back and i think we don't show enough of the um the other part of marriage, the reality. the reality of marriage. You know, we show all the fun and the games, but we don't show the work and the sacrifice and the commitment and the selflessness that yeah. it takes to be married. You
3: know, people don't think about marriage in the context of work. Everybody says, just like I said at the beginning of this interview, that work on your marriage. Well, work is when you think about that. Most people think it's not fun. It's some laborious. Yeah. It's something to be sweating and you got to be working hard, whether it's mentally or physically. And while that may be true, it's something that you have to go in knowing that it's going to be work. And I think when it comes to that branding side, they just they just showing like Renee was just describing the vacations and all just the good side of it. We call it the rose colored glasses, you know, where everything just looks amazing and it looks interesting. Well, I love movies when you see the outtakes or the behind the scenes, you don't see that. 100 and some people behind the camera that's working hard to make this one image look really, really great, you know. So that's kind of an idea when she was talking about it for the branding aspect that you think about.
2: You know, we have a pool. And so most people just show you show pictures of them sitting by the pool and the blue, water. You know, the blue water. They don't show you cleaning the pool. We show you, we show Weeping us cleaning it, the pool Vacuuming
3: <laughs> it All the chemicals that you gotta put
1: and in And when it. it's green, oh when you
2: take the thing off And it's green, we're gonna show you the real deal We're gonna show That's the real, deal,
1: real deal. deal right there <laughs> Right <laughs> uh, That's good, that's good And that's um, so important You know, and I think a big You know big part of working on your marriage is really like working on yourself and working exactly. on yes. your patience level. It's one thing, you know, to do work, you know, say you go to a nine to five job and you're doing work for someone else. But when it, when you have to dig deep and work on your internal being, that's yes. like yes. another, you know, and that's what it takes, you know, in order for the
3: best version of yourself to come forth. You know, we always tell our couples that marriage Always get blamed for the problems. And it's not marriage is the problem. It's two individuals that have things that they need to work on, whether it's childhood of origin issues or unresolved conflicts that Selfishness, they self-saving. all these individual attributes that they bring into the marriage. And then marriage gets the blame for it. That yeah. irreconcilable differences and he doesn't understand me, or she doesn't understand me, and all these things go back and forth. When And then marriage gets to blame when people go their separate ways, when you still got to work on yourself. We talk about that in our episodes. That's kind of like one of the foundational pillars of what we talk about is self-assessment. You got to constantly be doing that for yourself if you want to get better at this thing called relationships. Yeah,
2: because I always say if you suck at being single, you're going to suck at being married.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everything that I just said, she just gives you the little...
2: Stop blaming marriage.
1: It ain't because you married. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that's good. Ah, uh, that's great. That's great, though. It, it definitely makes sense. And so, you once did a video called "Thank You Rejection," and you talked about how rejection is more about preference, not value. And it was awesome because you gave the example of ice cream, for instance, and just because someone may not like chocolate ice cream doesn't take away the value from that ice cream it just means you know they don't like that's a person's preference yeah so like with that video what inspired you to uh to do that
2: well you know we have youtube mentors and i am learning that youtube is more about giving people what they want and not what you feel they want to hear And Mm -hmm. so we have mentors that we follow their lead. It's like, okay, this is what is what, because there's different ways. And, you know, you have to listen to God, but you have to also understand that God has put people in your life for a reason. And for me, I understood that rejection was something that was a big part of what happens to us. And that if you don't talk about it, then, you know, it's going people, people blame other people for things that really are internal and so I think the inspiration was, one, our mentor, and two, knowing that everything that happens, you've, you've experienced it and knowing how to share it with people. It's the timing. It's So it's not just the content, the quality of the content. It's also the timing and yeah. understanding that there are certain things that are, people are talking about and need insight on, and you can share your own insight on it. So that's what made us talk yeah. about it.
3: And you know, so many people that are struggling with, they, they. I love the term that they call it now, the imposter syndrome, that that has been around forever. It's called insecurity, you know? So you just going through some things that you will carry stuff around with you for years thinking I didn't get picked because I got picked last for the basketball team or dodgeball or, or this group or this certain group of P kids at the the cool lunch table didn't pick me or or all those things. And you'll carry that stuff for years thinking something is wrong with you. When it's not, yeah, you know, and so just by we try to give it a, a colorful identity. Wow, we just had some slide behind us. <laughs> so a
0: colorful,
3: a, a colorful phrase just to let people know that you're okay. Yeah, you know, you may not be somebody's preference, but don't take that to heart and think you're yeah. not valuable because everybody's valuable. Yeah, we're all
0: valuable.
3: I like that, and it's
1: also important for people to remember that. Um, they're not for everyone, but they're for no. some.
2: Right, no. right, no. absolutely. No, you're not.
3: And you got to be okay with that. You know, yeah. it's different when you're just not adjusting or you're just, you know, we, we call them, if you're that old guy and you're a curmudgeon and everything sets you off and, or you're that mean girl, you know, everything sets you off. That's that self-assessment again that goes back to that you may need to alter your behavior a little bit. But yeah. don't think there's something wrong with you at the core, you know, think yeah. at to heart from that yeah. perspective.
2: Because I feel like we're all under construction and we're all growing. And I think that when you realize that, hey, you mean you went through that? You mean you went. So the more because the enemy wants us to be isolated and feel like what we're going through is so unique. But, you know, we always say that you're unique. Your situation is not. Everyone yeah. has experienced rejection. Everyone has experienced you know having low self-esteem everyone has experienced insecurity and so the more you talk about it we believe that if you talk it out you won't act it out you don't have to act it out alone by yourself
1: yeah that's so true you know it says uh people are overcome by the word of their testimony that's uh, right. need to see jesus scars you know show yeah. them wounds and sometimes you know ministry definitely requires a um, a level of transparency where we can, you know, in order to help someone else, we got to be like, look, yeah. you know, this was from when this happened. Right. Yeah. You know, because
3: Yeah. We, we have those scars and people can learn a lot from the things that you've experienced. In and future. that's a part of your testimony. Yeah. And that's kind of what you asked us at the very beginning about how did this all come about? And that's just what we've been trying to do.
2: Yeah. Cause I believe that to me, I think the church, Spend so much time telling people what not to do versus showing them what to do. I think that people are more receptive to you showing them what to do. Because even, you know, we try to make sure that we don't say, well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. That doesn't work. This is what we're doing. Come on with us.
3: You know, and break it down to whether it's steps or lists or something, call call to action, whatever, just so you can take and say, I could do that, you know, or I could try that. That's good.
1: That's good. I like that. And also, like, as you mentioned, knowing your value is it's great. You know, sometimes kids, they'll run around in a department store and they'll put um, cheap labels on something expensive. And so when it comes to people, it's important that you don't allow um, someone else's opinion or perspective of you to um, cause you to lower your value. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: And I feel in, in a lot of instances, especially during the, the pandemic, um, it brought a lot of things to the surface that had always been there. And unfortunately, within marriages, it revealed a, a pan, I would call it like the, the pandemic within the pandemic among many couples. Do you feel that uh, to be true?
2: One of the things that we recognize during the pandemic is we've always worked with couples virtually. Before it was like a thing, we were doing that. But during the pandemic, we got so, there was like such an outcry of people saying, because the thing is, most people are so busy, they don't realize how bad things were. Hmm. And then the pandemic made people slow down and all the activities and all of the things that were a distraction were not available. So then now you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was this bad. It's like, oh, it's that bad. So I don't think that the pandemic was the cause. I think the pandemic was for a lot of us an opportunity to stop and be still and really listen to God and get things in order. So people say that the pandemic caused divorce. No. The pandemic caused what was already gonna happen and accelerated it.
3: Yeah, and it actually revealed some things that were gone left unchecked Mm -hmm. or unexamined or unresolved, all these unthings that they didn't just ignore. And then all of a sudden you're forced to be in the same room or same house with each other for what we thought was going to be two weeks, end up being two years, you know, and now all of a sudden you're like, who is this person that I'm, I'm with, you know? And, and and then it can be a good thing too. It was because good
2: for us, We loved it.
3: It was good yes. because, <laughs> yeah, we did the whole podcast and a lot of things got birthed. Three books. Yes.
0: It,
2: it,
3: it just depends on the individuals. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's you take if you took that time and said, you know what, babe, let's reconnect.
0: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, we we have strayed away. We just did an episode about drifting apart. We gave you mm-hmm. some lists and some things about it. That that was a perfect opportunity to reexamine and reevaluate and reconnect. So just like it did some undoing things, it also did some reconnecting and some reestablishing some things.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's true and it's almost like the pandemic was a flashlight to reveal, you know, as yes. you said. it yeah. showed where you were. Yeah. Absolutely. It
2: exposed us to the reality that, you know, you, you know, people say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence only gives the heart the opportunity to do what it was going to do. If it was going to wander, it's going to wander. If it's going to grow fonder, it's going to grow fonder. It's not the absence. It's the condition of the heart. So I think with the pandemic, it wasn't a pandemic. It just gave us an opportunity to see. Like you said, it was a flashlight.
1: Yeah. That's that's good. That's good. I'm going to have to go back myself and watch this. This is definitely some good <laughs> magazine. Oh, thank you. Definitely. Um, how do you feel? How important do you feel it is for couples to be able to um, budget together and to be able to have financial agreement?
3: I would say from the money aspect, everybody, if you have been around the relationship space, that's always in the top two or three issues that people experience that is the financial side of it. I think about it when we got married, we both had different philosophies about money. And I was like, if you got it, spend it. As long as your business, your bills are taken care of, enjoy yourself, knock yourself out. Um, But I also always wanted to have more things later on in life, but I didn't have good habits. And I think that's where Renee was very instrumental in, in showing me that, okay, if you say you want ABC down the road, we got to do CD and E now, you know, and she was better at the financial management at the time when we first got married. So if you partner in Even when it comes to money, if you partner in just like anything else in your relationship and come to an understanding with each other and communicate and compromise, it doesn't have to be a major stumbling block. It's very, very important that you have the same foundational principles and ideas about what are we going to do with finances? That's kind of like one of the things that you need to be talking about before you get that ring to say, this is my ideal and how I see money. How do you see it? Yeah. And it doesn't have to cause an argument or a conflict. That's a point of discussion to where you say, well, this is how I see it. How do you see it? You know, and so it's an opportunity, just like most things is for you to discuss. So it's very vitally important.
2: Yeah, I think it's important that couples because we somebody asked us, do you think couples should share accounts? Well, just like you just explained, one person may be better at managing money than the other. So it is important that when you come together as a couple and become one, that your finances are one. Um, But it's also good for you guys to both have an allowance so that you can spend and do things. Because we realize if you want to surprise each other, you can't because Mm -hmm. everything is is joint together. So your money should be together because that's one of the easiest ways for the enemy to to divide you. Because there's something else that you do every day that you're not talking about. So when you put your money together as a couple that gives you another way to connect. And Mm -hmm. so we believe that you should be your account should be together. And you still should have like an allowance or whatever
3: separately. Yeah, yeah, that was for us because we are so broke. We, we barely, but we started out, we built all of it together. So we didn't have nothing that I was trying to protect and hold mm-hmm. back, you know. And I know everybody's a little bit different in their right. relationship, especially the those, ages. especially those who got married later in life. And they built a life before they got with this person or connected their lives together. And that's understandable. You have to be, financially astute about those types of things, but still that doesn't stop you from merging things together either. Right. You know, you can protect yourself without being separate. Right. Yeah. So. That's so
1: true. And also the power of agreement is, um, Oh yeah. That's important because, you know, um, a house divided against itself. It can't.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. Understand.
0: yeah absolutely. And
2: it's those little small things that when you don't talk about them, it leaves room for you to come to your own conclusion versus just communicating the more you communicate about everything the closer you're going to be and the easier your relationship is going to go in the same direction because you're not fighting against one another
1: yeah and it's like when you think about it like there's there's already to fight with you got the you already got the devil doing his thing so why like you know right (laughs) yeah yeah not good, I had a question a lot of a lot of times I've heard especially women say there's no good single men out there, so like do you feel um that's true or maybe it's just they aren't hanging out in the same places, or how would you address that uh the statement?
2: Well, I will start with league with I have been married since I've been with the same man since I was eighteen, so i Don't want to uh, step into a lane I have no credibility in. But I will say that I believe that there are good men out there, just like I believe there are good women out there. But I also believe that, and this is what I believed when I was dating, I didn't want to meet a guy at the club because I felt like that was where he was going to be. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to meet a guy on a dating app because I feel like that's where he's going to be. So I think that there's places you can go, like where single people are. You know, like Home Depot, you know, I just think there's places that men go that that's where I think you should be versus expecting for them. They're going to find you at your house. They're not just like I took the initiative to let you know I was interested. I think that as single women, you have to take the initiative to let them know. And I think that you have to be available. Mm -hmm. And so um,
3: and even just one thing that came to mind for, for me with that one is. You have to know what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. You
3: know, there's no good men out there. Well, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to what you originally said at the beginning about finding a wife. Well, if you're looking for those characters and quality of a wife, what are the characters and qualities of a husband that you're looking for? If it's a guy sitting there playing his video games and not going to work and those types of things, while video games in and of itself are not bad. But if that's your primary thing, unless it's your job. Yeah. It can be a big, big distraction and a problem, you know, to the point to where it got it's going to cause a problem in your long term relationships. I'm just using that one as an example. But you have to know, are you looking for a guy that's going to do what? What's your list? What are you yeah. looking for? So if you don't know what you're looking for, you probably are going to be just picking up whatever is the first thing that comes to mind, whether it was a nice looking guy, a guy who had a lot of money or a guy who drove a nice car, a guy who had a nice Pair of shoes on or a nice watch If those are the things that you were Focused on
0: mm-hmm. You
3: know you probably are going to we always say Maybe the picker is broke You know uh, you gotta look yeah. at something a little Bit different to yeah. know What you don't. how many people go to the grocery Store and have no idea what they're Looking for you go there because you have Something a need that you yeah. need. So you yeah. go there and get that Need first and then you May look at something else later I'm Not saying that means going get multiple things. (laughs) Yeah, I get
1: it. And on that same note, I believe, definitely believe it's good. It's good. You don't want to get to the point of desperation because then you'll get anything. It's almost like going
3: grocery shopping when you're
1: hungry. I was thinking about that, too. That's
2: the first thing they tell you.
3: Don't do it. Don't do it. Or using that same analogy, if you just coming out of a bad relationship and it was bad and you just need a break but then you jump right back into another one. Yeah, That's 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 a prime example of what that means. That statement, don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Yeah. Don't jump right back into a relationship when you've been hurt.
1: Yeah. You have to allow, you know, time to heal, repair, assess, you know? And yeah, yes, absolutely.
2: And I think it's really important for people to be what they're looking for. I think so many times people have this expectation of what they want the other person to be, but they've not spent the time to become that person themselves. So I would always say, write a list of what you're looking for, and then you become the list. Because Mm -hmm. I think that you're going to attract what you are, not what you want. And so if everybody, if there are no good men and there are no good women, maybe you're not a good man. Maybe you're not a good woman. So I think that you should become what you're looking for.
3: Because that person who's looking for something good, and you're not that thing, whose fault is that? Wow, yeah, yeah that's that's real that's good that's good
1: become what you're looking for that's you know Cause
2: the bible says in order to have friends you got to be friendly in order to find a husband then you got to be a wife in order to find a, a wife you got to be a husband
1: mm-hmm. that's so true as some uh so true and so I'm sure as as most people don't, I don't care for snakes either. But one thing I do appreciate about them is that they um, they understand the power of shedding and, you know, make, getting rid of the old to make room for the new. So, you know, even before a person gets married, it's definitely important for them to to shed off that single mentality. You know, oh, you can't yeah. keep doing the same thing, expecting uh different results you know and it's also like we're able to measure you know and differentiate between seasons you know you can't go into the winter coat work great for winter but now it's 98 degrees outside and right. you know if you go outside in 98 degree weather with the winter coat you won't feel good you won't look good it's yeah. just it won't be good so right. right getting rid of the old to make room for the new is uh
3: definitely important what are your um your agree or well, thinking about that, even just using that snake analogy, when when it sheds that skin, that means it grew. It mm-hmm. was growth there. So just like when you're that single person and you are growing into the next phase of your life, there should be some positive growth there that you are getting off of. You are shedding away from just like I we talked about the financial thing. When I used to just go out and just spend money on all my CDs and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I had to grow up a little bit and realize that I can't just do what I wanted to do at the, like I was when I was single. Now I have another person that I have to consider. There's another person I have to think about when I make those decisions. And when I do that, that's a definite sign of growth.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think about it just like, you know, everyone's talking about the summer body. Well, summer bodies are built in the winter. Hmm. <sighs> And so in order to be ready for the next stage in your life, you have to prepare for that before that time comes. And so I think so many times we're expecting for change to happen overnight, but it doesn't. It happens gradually. And so I think that you have to be have the mindset of knowing what to let go of. Because if you only have two hands, you can't hold on to everything that God has for you if both of your hands are full. So we're really big on downsizing and letting go and purging and you know making room for like if i buy a pair of shoes i try to get rid of a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. i don't always do that and Gil is probably like no no she
3: don't no she don't let's be real let's be hot
2: (laughs) but it's just a matter of realizing that when your space is limited you have to limit what you have and sometimes having less space makes you have less stuff and so yes i do believe that you have to get rid of the old to make room for the new yes
1: I like that. That's some good, uh, good things. And I was wondering, like, if there's a cu- if there's a couple listening or watching this who may be merging together and talking about marriage. And you've kind of already answered this, but what tools of success or advice
3: uh, would you give them as they're on the brink of their new journey together? I would start out and say what we kind of mentioned earlier. The biggest thing that has been instrumental for me in marriage is self assessments. So me constantly looking at myself and saying, what can I do better? What can I do to be better at marriage and and kind of meet Renee's needs before she even knows she has a need, you know, become a student of my wife, just like I was a student in college to where I knew I had to invest time, effort and energy if I wanted to pass that class. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your marriage. If you want to have a successful marriage, you're going to have to invest some time, effort and energy into making it and developing it to be in what you really, really want. And you don't even after being married 35 years, you don't know how good it is when you invest in it, when you're at the beginning. You know, when you're in that first second, I would say between one to five years, let's just use it as a gauge. Those first years, you're just still learning each other. You're still growing. You're still Moving out of that singleness into becoming this united one, because it doesn't happen when you walk down the aisle. No. It's developed over time. Yeah. And the longer you've been together, the better that development should show. And it should be growth in you as an individual. So I would say for me, self-assessment is, is probably key at the very beginning.
2: And, yeah. and I would say the most important part that I think that most of us don't realize the value of is that having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I don't believe that your marriage will be sustainable Mm -hmm. because God created marriage. And so, therefore, since he created it, I believe that he has to be a part of the process. Because some of the things that you're asked or expected to do is not human nature. Mm -hmm. Selflessness, kindness, compassion, empathy, putting the other person first, submission, uh, giving yourself, presenting yourself to some. All of those are things that are not human nature. So I would say having a relationship with Christ is the most important part of having a healthy marriage because I mean, having an eternal marriage because my grandparents weren't believers and they had a good marriage, but the benefits of it don't go into eternity. So I believe that when you have a relationship with God, your marriage is great in the earth, but then there's going to be dividends for that in eternity. And so I believe that having a relationship with Christ is the the, especially for women because if your identity is your husband he's gonna die Mm -hmm. your identity is your wife she's gonna die Mm -hmm. and so I think that it's important that we God our relationship with God keeps marriage in its proper place Mm -hmm. and it keeps your spouse in their proper place and it keeps you in your proper place and I was just telling you this today marriage is God's gift to humanity I love marriage on God's terms. Yes. Nothing and no one can take the place of what God does when He puts you together and He keeps you together. It is beautiful.
0: Amen.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Having God in your marriage is so important. It's like um it's almost like trying to use an uh, appliance like the refrigerator or dishwasher but not consulting the manufacturer yes. about how to operate it you're just trying to do your own thing and yes. uh, it doesn't turn out good so when people try to operate in the marriage without the operator or the
3: creator of marriage it, um yeah. you know yeah. yeah he created it so i think he pretty much knows how it's supposed to work <laughs> and, if you consult him
2: and you know and if you're trying to play monopoly with the rules to Uno,
3: <laughs> It's not going to be a fun game. You can
2: do it, but you're not going to get the results that you are, you're trying to achieve. Or you're going
0: yeah. to say, so I'm cheat.
2: Something wrong with that game. No, it's not the game. You're using the wrong rules or consult them. Even when we're putting something together.
0: Yeah.
2: The instructions. You finish putting it together, you realize you got 25 pieces left, and you wonder why it's broken.
3: Or it's written, or it's going to Read shake.
2: Read the instructions. Man. God created us. He created marriage. I think he knows what he is doing.
3: You shouldn't have yeah. extra parts left over.
1: <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, it's one thing in trying to put something, you know, together like a desk or something, but like a marriage, you you want to make sure every everything is tightly fastened. Absolutely. Yes.
2: And that can't happen without the operations manual,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the right tools, the time, and the training.
3: Yeah. And that's what Rich Relationship Refuge kind of tries to provide.
2: Yeah.
3: That's awesome, man. So Rich Relationships Refuge,
1: um, and you also shared this earlier, um, the podcast, is, it's amazing because obviously it's another way to reach people. Um, how long
3: have you had that? Oh, we we talked about the, the big world event earlier. <clears throat> well that was birthed during that big mm-hmm. world event. You know, okay. we started it in twenty twenty and went for two years straight.
2: Yeah. You know, no every breaks, week no you off. know,
3: putting out episodes because one there was a big need and yeah. two there was something that we just wanted to get out there because nobody knew what was going to happen, and people were struggling, and people were going through some real issues, and we just wanted to contribute and provide a refuge, a refuge, a refuge <laughs> to help them with that, you know. And so, right now, I think this week will be at episode one hundred and fourteen. I think it is coming up this Friday yes. um, that we'll do it, and we really incorporated the live session, just like we talked about before we started the the episode here seeing each other and hearing but we've realized from the YouTube channel that for some reason people like to watch at the yeah. same time so, so the
2: podcast uh, and our podcast was a podcast it was it was just a podcast audio. Is audio for those of you who don't know uh,
3: and we added the video element
2: and then we did YouTube um, and then we realized that, you know, people really do like cause our, some of our old some of our old episodes of our podcast are on YouTube and it's only audio. Mm-hmm. And then January, we really committed to building our YouTube community and building our audience. And um, so now we have a total of four hundred and ten videos on YouTube wow. um, into awesome. relationships. And there's probably a few about plant based nutrition and us <laughs> traveling. But it, it's just realizing that people need a place where they can connect and they can grow, and we love it. It's a way for us, we feel like when we're gone, the the, the things that God put in our heart are gonna be here forever to to kind of help the next generation and the next generation and the next generation.
1: Yes, and speaking of rich relationships, it definitely leaves a a
3: rich legacy, as you said, for the next generation. You know, and that wasn't something that we set out to do. We just wanted to help because we knew that there was a need. You know, we had already, been working with couples for over 18 years, even before we even started doing this, you know, so that just added on to what we were already doing. It's just another tool in the toolbox. Yeah, that's it. And so where can people um, tune into the
2: podcast? Um, our audio podcast is on every single podcasting platform. So if you go to any of them, Apple, Spotify, I mean, every single one of them we are on their Rich Relationship Refuge And then our YouTube channel is Rich Relationship Refuge. And our website is Rich Relationship. Everything, all of our rich our podcasts, social media, and our YouTube channel um, is which we really we're really that's where we really are is on YouTube. We're there every Friday live and so we we love it. And I love
3: because you could just say type in Gil and Renee in your search engine and probably one of those things are gonna pop up. That's that's due to all the hard work that Renee does, you know, that behind the scenes stuff that we talked about earlier. It doesn't get up there automatically and it definitely don't get up there because of me. It's all because
1: of her. Uh, That's great. You guys are phenomenal. I'm subscribed to the channel and I uh, um, appreciate you. If
2: you comment, we'll comment back.
1: Okay, definitely.
2: And we'll subscribe to your channel too.
1: Uh, Okay. Thank you. And so recently you did an episode, um, five signs you're ready for marriage. Are you able to, um, like share those those five um, what the five, Oh wow! Right? Uh,
3: yes. right off the top. Uh, the, you well,
1: remember? the
2: the first sign is communication. That's I think the, the
3: this may not be in order, but we'll get we'll get them there.
2: You uh, know, I think one of the, one of the most important signs that you have to you have to both want to be married. Yeah. You can't just be one person that mm-hmm. wants to be married. You have to both agree because you know sometimes women are already buying bride books and they're already ready to get but. You have to both be wanting to, to be married. Um, you have to not be selfish yeah. because that's another big thing. Sometimes you don't realize that marriage is not for the selfish. Right. Marriage is for the selfless.
3: Emotionally, we, we kind of actually touched on it, even just in yeah. our yeah. today, emotionally yeah. connected. You know, you got to have that emotional maturity to get married. We have yeah. I think we have an episode out there about the EQ You know, emotional, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have those shared values. You know, you're if we're walking down the road and we're going in different directions. When we get to that fork in the road, more than likely, we're not going to stay together. And we talked about money. You even kind of asked about that, that financial. Yeah. You you have to be financially mature. If you're not, you're going to have a bigger problem. You're already going into the relationship with a deficit, you know, and that's no pun intended. You're actually going into it with the negative on your balance sheet, yeah. you know.
2: And I think one of the biggest things is is having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. shared faith. Yep. Because if you shared have, different you, know, you yeah, have different, you know, you have different, you have different faith system, it makes it really hard to be on one accord when you believe one thing and they believe another thing. For yeah. Us, we were both unsaved. Neither one of us knew the Lord, and so when I got saved, I was able to leave guilt to Christ, but that's hard, you know, so it's like the, those are the things, you know, communication, um, being selfless, emotional sharing. intelligence, you know, and, having and, a share faith and, and uh, having the same understanding of money.
3: I think we even said that even during the episode, while wow, that list we gave, we broke down five. Yeah. But it's not all inclusive There's a whole lot more to that working on your marriage thing. Yeah. But those are yeah. some of the top ones that we've seen just from working with couples.
1: Definitely. Those are all definitely important. And, you know, yes, communication is important. And a big part of communication is um, is um understanding, making sure the other person heard what you yeah. what yeah. said. You know, the Bible says, husbands, dwell with with your wives according to knowledge. And, you know, yeah. Proverbs 4, 7, it says, yeah, wisdom, great, get wisdom, for with all thy getting, get understanding. Get understanding.
3: You know. Yes, absolutely.
2: And, and it's understanding that communication is listening and talking. And most people just know how to talk, but they don't listen to understand. Not to interpret, not to get them to change their mind, but listening to understand is an important part of communication.
3: And I would say even from the years that we've been working with couples, that's probably one of the common topics that we go over with all couples, regardless if they were in a great position or a great state. And it's kind of like more of a tune-up or those who are in a position that they really have some things that they need to work through communication is usually going to come up most times and it always goes back to the the assertive speech and and, and active listening yes. yeah so, two common den- denominators
2: and we also find that we have a communication assessment and we have it on our site it's free is mm-hmm. sometimes the problem is that there they're good listeners, they're good communicators, they're assertive, but sometimes their communication styles are the problem, you know, so if you have two people who have the same communication, if you have two direct communicators, then that's going to be a problem because you both want to be, you know, yours is, ours is different, so we can kind of we we complement each other. When your communication styles are the same, it's hard because you're butting heads all the time, and so it's just knowing, you know, the communication is talking and listening, but your communication style, it, it does play a role in it as well.
3: Yeah, it's definitely hard when you're not aware of it. When you're not aware, hey, I'm a director and, you know, and the other person is an inter or a visionary, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it's out there. on If you don't know, understand what we're talking about. It's out there. Go look at it. Yeah, it's and on our we'll, website. It, it, it'll break it down for you. Yes. It matters. And we give you some of the things to listen for and look at and how to communicate mm-hmm. with other people, which yeah. is Is instrumental
1: and I believe like you know how when you go to another country you learn about the other country you learn about the dialect of the other country even before you go in and so when you're transitioning especially from singlehood into marriage it's important to learn the dialect of the marriage to learn how the other person you know
3: communicates so you can operate and move about you know with clarity and understanding. You know, it's 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 just like what we kind of mentioned earlier. I had to learn to speak relay's language. Right? We both speak English. Sometimes we can have different sayings or different wording that we think we know what they mean, and it means something totally different. That's a part of learning that dialect. You know, you know. Uh, we got the beavers dialect. You know, yeah. so I actually, speak, I'm, I speak Gill. I speak Renee. You know, <laughs> so when we actually do that, you'll know you're in tune and in sync when you can communicate and finish each other's sentences or even communicate without even using words.
2: I'm gonna give you an example. Today we were in, went to the grocery store and I didn't have my phone. And I'm like, okay, Lord, let's see how connected we are. I said, Lord, please let Gil come to the car. And I kept saying, babe, I'm not in the store. Come to the car. Babe, I said, Lord, please let him know because I don't want him to walk around the store. And I looked, he was coming walking. He was walking out the door. He said, well, it was just kind of common sense. I felt like, you know, I was going to bring the boxes out here. And if you weren't at the car, I was going to go back into the store. You know, so I think sometimes, you know, we, we can hope for negative things. Mm-hmm. But you can also hope for positive things. Too.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's great. <laughs> Being on one accord, court, seeking That's it. That's yeah. it. That's good. Do you feel that if more people prepared for the actual marriage as much as they prepare
3: for the wedding day, there'd be more successful marriages?
2: Ooh, don't get us on this one. Yeah. Don't get us on this one. Man, song. we
3: already been going an hour. You asking for a whole another
2: hour?
3: <laughs> um. Yes.
2: Yes. They. I think that people spend more money on the event on the event, and they don't realize that it's going to cost them more for a divorce. So wow. I think it's important that people get premarital. We do premarital. That's how we started with doing premarital. Mm-hmm. If, you could, if, you would, if you would buy a car and you would learn, you got to get a driver's license. If you're going to drive a motorcycle, you wanna do, if you want to fish,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you should get some training so that you won't be expected to do something that you're not trained to do. So, yes, I think that if we would invest as much time and energy in the wedding, as we in the marriage as we did the wedding, we have a whole
3: lot less. You board. know, I have a whole lot of respect for a pastor of a church that we attended that basically said people sometimes think pastors know everything as it relates to life and relationships and all those types of things. And he was the first one that I've ever heard that was in the active ministry leading a church saying, you know what? I'm not the one to talk to. Yeah, I got to you know, for said, that. I, I'm an excellent communicator and I know the Bible in and out and those types. of things. I can give you some scriptures and tell you some things. But when you want to know the intricacies and details of what it takes to be married in a relationship, there are people who specialize in that area that have been called to that area that can help you a whole lot better than he can. While he may be your favorite pastor, preacher, teacher, you know, you want someone that this is what they do on a regular basis. And that's what we kind of try to provide. So that investment of time, effort and energy that we always keep talking about, that's Mm -hmm. what you really, really want to invest in. So when you're in that dating stage, you're going through the things that it's going to take to be married. And that's what mentors and counselors and people who have been in this marriage game, as they say, can can help you with.
2: And we love marriage. Yes. Absolutely believe in it, love it. And I think that, you know, it's important to have people who love you and your husband, love God, love you and your husband, and love marriage. Because if they only love you. Well, then- only love me it's not going to, work. It's going to be a problem. So you need someone who loves God and the both of you and marriage. Cause some people may love you and your husband and they may not love God and they may not love marriage. You need all those things together because marriage is something that God takes. He really takes it, makes it he counts it as serious. So therefore you want to make sure you don't mishandle it or that you don't go into it, not knowing what it really means.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's one thing I really appreciate you, you guys uh, offer, um, um, that support and encouragement You know on the animal planet It's always an animal who's trying to do His own thing who, The one who's disconnected from the group That the um, yes. predator goes after that And so absolutely. likewise When marriages um, have
3: one another And have other people to glean from it It helps Absolutely yeah. It's funny that you said that That is When you go out and try to be the lone individual That's when the problems happen You get, you get targeted You get focused on for as a, as a, a meal. <laughs> yeah.
2: Become someone's snack.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You love the animal planet. I'm with you.
3: I like that. You would do it. We done through some snakes out there. We done done some predators. See, I'm digging that.
1: That's real. It's true. Yeah. And um, so you guys obviously do a lot of hard work. Um, and I believe in working hard and playing hard. So like, how do you guys balance and how do you guys uh relax and recharge
2: we don't believe in balance we believe in prioritizing amen so we prioritize time downtime gil is better at relaxing and prioritizing downtime than i am and yeah. so he has he sometimes he has to say hey come hey, here
3: Yep, yeah, come on we got to sit down we're gonna watch a movie or we're gonna do a road trip or we're gonna go Man. somewhere we're avid we RV, yeah, we, we traveling love travel. but our favorite mode of traveling is R V. Yeah. You know, right. we have an R V that yeah, if you see the channel we even show it out sometimes. His name we'll, is Richie. We'll, we'll do some things and we'll go some places and and that's it's relaxing to me. For me, driving is a big relaxing factor yes. I'll jump in the driver's seat and we'll just go somewhere and see something. You know, yes. I like to say, go see something.
0: Yeah.
2: You know we like experiences. We're not big things people. We like experiences and memories and, and like for me I love you know creating content. I love videos and Gil loves photography. photography. And so we really enjoy just creating memories. Things that you can actually not necessarily things, but just creating memories and you know, enjoying each other's company.
1: Oh, that's awesome. You guys are great. And finally, how can people connect with you?
2: Um, They can go to um, YouTube and subscribe to our channel. That's the most interactive platform for us because that's where we're really pouring our hearts into because of all the places we've used, YouTube has been the most responsive Mm -hmm. and we feel more like it's a community. And so we are all on on all the platforms, but the best way to reach out to us would be through our YouTube channel. And just say you subscribe to, you know, uh, David. Uh, through your channel, and then will you'll know where they came from. But mm-hmm. we're just um, that's you know YouTube is probably the best one. Um, Rich Relationship Refuge, um, and then of course the um, website.
3: If you want to, the website, if you want to know anything about what we do and, and any of the services is richrelationshiprefuge.com. We got it right there on the bottom of under our names right okay. there, so you can actually just go there and find out anything and find us with anything we're doing. Awesome, you guys have been awesome amazing thank you
1: again oh, thank, thank
2: you for you having, so
1: having us much. thank you for having us yes thank you well again you guys i thank you again for tuning in i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been greatly blessed by this episode mm-hmm. and by Jill and renee and all that they've shared and as always feel free to like comment and subscribe and um feel free as they were saying to reach out for them you know especially for um I did any courses as well as you know relationship strengthening courses or anything you may um, need. They are phenomenal. Awesome. So uh, as always, I I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been blessed and thank you as always for rocking and rolling with me. It's been a great in this eight seasons now. So I'm truly
2: grateful. congratulations.
1: <laughs> thank you. When awesome. I started back in October of 2019, I never would have like imagined. I was just, just like. Okay, here we go. That's <laughs> awesome. it. Yeah, so I'm I'm grateful for that. So as always, this is BDP Brian David Porter, still living in purpose, on purpose, intentionally. Until next time, you guys be blessed. Love y'all in life.
0: Bye.